introduced this beautiful woman about the step up. She introduced me to a certain category when I first started dating her, to that category where I'm punching well above my weight. So, um, yeah, don't get distracted by her beauty as she comes up. Um, <laughs> and, uh, let's give her a hand as she brings the word. Thank you, Josh. Lovely, embarrassing start. <laughs> um, what a great season we're in, hey? I, as I was preparing, I was just like, oh, where to start? There's so much great stuff to be talking about. And, um, but yeah, anyway, I've hopefully compiled a few thoughts this morning and it's really exciting to be sending Tom and Amy out to Wagga. Who's excited for these guys? Hope you enjoy the uh, life-size picture of Josh and I's head that we gave you in that frame. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's actually a photo of a place that's special to you guys. So hopefully you'll be able to remember us, take that with you to Wagga that Ryan took. Um, yeah, and I just think church, you should be so proud that we're sending these guys out. It's, yeah, like I said earlier, their victories are our victories and they're part of us. Uh, and we'll continue, obviously, to be sowing into them in Wagga with our prayers and, and our giving as we give into the Reach Network. That's what we're sowing into um, one of the churches is Wagga. So watch that space. Uh, I heard it's been an awesome couple of weeks in church. Josh and I have been on leave. And thank you, team, for covering things so phenomenally. And thank you, church, for your prayers and, and just your love as we often go on leave. We know that you're thinking of us. We're actually kind of sick the majority of the time. We, and you know what it's like with the family. By the time um, you have a couple of bugs go through the family and you've got six people in your family, it takes you three weeks to all get it and all get better. <laughs> but it was kind of forced rest. We were stuck at home. And, and um, I think we feel refreshed, speaking for myself. Yeah, so thank you, church. It's good to be back. I hope you've all had a blessed January too, whether you've been on holidays, whether you're working your butts off, which I know many businessmen and women are at the moment, and workers or whether you've been sick like us. Um, whatever your month has looked like, I believe we're in for a great year. And if it's been hard, if it's been a hard January, I just want to encourage you not to use that as a marker for the rest of your year because I believe that 2018 is going to be a year of great strength and blessing and fruitfulness and that 2017 was actually a year of preparing us for this year and perhaps 2017 had some battles and some pain but that was actually was preparing us for what's to come this year. Great blessing and you know uh, that saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think it's really true and I think um, there's been a strength that's developed in many through the battles of last year that you're going to run with into 2018 and I think you're going to find even if you feel a bit washed out some of you after 2017 that as you do journey into 2018 that there's going to be a deep inner strength within you that wasn't there before as you dig deep and you're like oh so that last season you built something in me that I didn't know about so 2018 year of strength that's just a little introduction um, but moving into my message this morning I just want to do a little recap because my last message, which was a month ago, was part one, and this is part two. It was meant to be a two-part message, but as I was preparing, there was, I had too much, so it's now going to be a three or four-part message. But this is part two, and to understand part two, I'll just quickly go over part one, which was called The Kingdom of Light, and my summary probably won't entirely do it justice. It probably won't do it justice at all. But can I encourage you to jump on SoundCloud, which I love to do, and catch up on that message especially because I think it's just a word in season for us as a church but not as Aladala Church, as the church in the world on the earth at this time. It was about the kingdom of heaven advancing. So make sure you grab a listen to that. It might pop up on the screen. Otherwise, SoundCloud, Kingdom of Light. Uh, yeah, 
sorry, message. Oh, and maybe be encouraged as you listen to it too. I listened back to it this week and I was encouraged by my own message. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's something of God's heart on it, which it's not me, it's God's heart. Anyway, in summary though, I'll try and summarize it. I spoke on our purpose here on earth, not being to convert people to Christianity but to actually, and get people into church to pray a salvation prayer, but to actually see the kingdom of heaven advance on earth. And obviously the atmosphere will shift as a result as kingdom culture permeates the earth. And how does the kingdom of heaven advance? Through us, not yet, not yet. Through us, it advances through us. We carry it with us. And I actually shared about I said there's too much pain and brokenness and loss and grief in the world for us to come to church just to tick a box. Or there's too much pain and brokenness in the world for us to be Christian by title and not actually have a moment to connect with the source of all power and hope, the truth, the light of the world, Jesus. And you know, we can do those things. We can just tick our box and come to church on Sunday or just say we're a Christian, but we're missing out on an opportunity to connect with God and bring heaven to earth for the sake of a world that is broken and hurting and in desperate need of a saviour. And, and there was a moment in worship where I shared about a heartbreaking experience with a young boy I used to teach who was abused. And I shared about how there was a moment where heaven was able to invade his life while I was teaching him. And I didn't see the fruit of that for 10 years till 10 years later. And I just encouraged each of you that no matter what hopeless or broken situation you're facing, that God's in the business of answering prayers and he's heard your prayer. And I do believe that 2018 is going to be a year of answered prayer and suddenlies suddenly answered prayers and Marita mentioned that to me a few weeks ago that 2018 is going to be a year of suddenlies, miraculous suddenlies and I just think, I think Marita was onto something there so stand on that for this coming year. All right, everyone still with me? Cool. I also shared on what the kingdom of heaven looks like, hope, light, love, truth, peace and I tried to explain using Star Wars clips and quotes <laughs> um, and some scripture, I guess the age-old battle between darkness and light. The aim was to lift our eyes from the things of earth to the bigger picture, to the things of heaven. I also use physics to explain that just as there is unseen forces in the physical realm like gravity and motion and centripetal force, so is there unseen forces in the spiritual realm that shape everything we see today. Um, and... I guess I shared how sometimes I'm reluctant to talk about the like spiritual things because people are probably like, that's creepy. But it's not. Star Wars is talking about darkness and light. Superhero movies are talking about good versus evil. J.K. Rowling has said that there's darkness and light within each of us. It's just what we choose to act upon that defines us. The world understands. Kids in high school doing Ouija boards, un Ouija boards understand the spiritual realm. We can't be the only ones who aren't talking about it as the church. I think it's something that we need to wrap our heads around and be willing to talk about so that a world who's searching and desperately trying to connect with something more than this earth can offer knows where to connect, where to find what they're searching for. May we as a church get it and be aware of the things of heaven and encourage that the kingdom of light is advancing on the earth strongly at this time. And what a privilege to be the ones the kingdom of heaven is advancing through. I also spoke about the friction and the pressure that comes as we're on the front lines of actually seeing the kingdom of heaven advance. You know, when your kingdom of heaven is pushing back the kingdom of darkness, that naturally causes friction and, and it can take its toll. I just prayed for refreshing for weary hearts to continue fighting the good fight and finish the race because who knows, we're in a war. And Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18 
in the message version. This is a pretty full-on verse. I didn't share this last time, but I'm going to share it this morning. It says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you'll be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Is that it? Awesome. This battle... Oh, I love how it says there, this is no afternoon athletics carnival that we'll walk about and forget about in a couple of hours. This is a life and death fight to the finish. This battle we're in is of eternal consequence. We're fighting to see the kingdom of heaven advance, souls won, and as many people as possible in heaven with us at the end of the day. And I just want to share this again from C.S. Lewis. My prayer is that when I die, all of hell rejoices because I'm finally out of the fight. May we, as followers of Jesus, live such lives of faith and kingdom purpose that we wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness and that all of hell rejoices when we're out of the fight. I also asked what one key was to the kingdom of heaven advancing strongly through us. Who can remember who was here? Josh does. Good to see you're all listening. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure some of you are away. It was repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, Matthew 3, 2. And this is all linking into my next message. That's the long summary. Repent just means to let go of the old and walk in the new, to align our lives with kingdom living, to let go of the crap that we may be walking in or holding or carrying. I spoke about cleaning out our hearts just as we clean out our house or when we move from one house to the next, we try and do a clean out so we don't take all our baggage with us. And you know, I shared about how Josh and I just chucked all our gear in the basement when we moved and the house is tidy upstairs, but downstairs there's all this stuff buried and you open the door and you're like, oh, I forgot about all that. And sometimes it's like that with the stuff in our lives, you know, we try and have this tidy facade on the top, but deep down we've got stuff that we've buried that we're trying not to deal with because we know it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to be painful. And I just encouraged us to actually have a heart check, a heart clean. Have we carried some baggage from one year? that we're about to carry into the next year that actually God's saying, let go of that. Travel lightly, travel freely. I want to set you up to go into the next year uncluttered. Having said that, we've had a clean out over January. Well, when I wrote this to Josh, he's like, you didn't do anything. Josh cleaned out the garage. I was too busy upstairs doing the rest of the housework. <laughs> um, and on that note, I did, um, yeah, give you some homework. Go home. God, is there anything I need to deal with? I also spoke about how short accounts are key to traveling lightly. Otherwise, the more baggage you accumulate, like if you just get more and more stuff every time you move, if you just carry more and more pain and hurt and sin from one year to the next, you just get a whole lot of stuff you're dragging around. And when it comes time to actually deal with it, it takes a lot more work and it takes a lot more pain. So it's so much easier to be like, oh, I think I've got this issue, deal with it quickly. And um, yeah, short accounts with God. So hopefully everyone did their homework. If not, if you missed the message, I encourage you just to go home and ask God, God, is there anything you want me to repent of, anything you want me to let go of so that I can walk into the new freely and lightly? Because who knows, it makes it a lot easier to grab onto the new if you're not holding on to the old. So hopefully we've let go of some baggage we've been carrying and we're travelling lightly free and uncluttered into 2018 that the kingdom of heaven might advance through us strongly. Um, in the coming seasons, years, and so on. Today, following on from that, uh, I just want to talk about 
I was going to talk about a few areas, but it's just going to be one specific area I believe God is challenging us in as we position to walk into the new and let go of the old. Some other areas that will help the kingdom of heaven advance strongly through us and help us to grow. And Josh and I really believe God is calling us into greater maturity as a church. He's calling us to grow up. And we're going to be focusing our messages on that a bit in probably in the coming weeks and months, just on how, what are some areas God's calling us to grow up in. We're not babies in our nappies, walking around, waiting to be changed, <laughs> keeping our, like, yeah, just walking around in our crap. We know how to deal with our issues. We're adults. We're big kids now. We should know how to actually deal with our own stuff and move on. That's maturity. And repentance is linked with maturity. As often to grow, we actually need to let go of the old things so we can grow into the new, which is the essence of repentance. Does that all make sense? Okay, high five someone in the face. (laughs) Uh, All right, I need to have some water. So, moving on to today's message. What are some areas God is calling us to grow up in, to let go of the old in and grab onto the new? I want to have a look at Ezra. Uh, the book of Ezra is just detailing how the people of Israel, they've been captive for 70 years and they've just been released to go home to their hometown and actually build a church, build a house for God. And in Ezra 3... It talks about how they begin building an altar to God. They couldn't build the temple for God straight away, but they could build an altar. And they obviously, in the Old Testament, you couldn't worship God like we do here, just freely and openly. They actually had to worship by sacrifice and altars. And thankfully, Jesus made a way to abolish that. There's now open access. But in the Old Testament, to worship and connect with God, they built altars. And so the first, one of the first things they do when they get to this new place is build an altar to God because they wanted to worship Him, which I just think is amazing. And it says in Ezra 3 verse 3, Despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. So, they built an altar to worship God, even though they were scared of the people around them. Why? Because they knew that's what they were called to do. Their preference might have been not to build in fear, but they didn't go with their preference. They went with what they knew God had called them to do. We're moving into a new space. If we want to grow up, we need to know what it is to let go of preference and grab a hold of purpose. I'd rather do it this way or I'd rather not do it at all because these people are scary or intimidating or what will they think? They'll think I'm stupid if I keep doing what I'm doing. It's time for us to actually grow up. When we grow into maturity, preference doesn't have a space, but purpose does. So this morning, we're letting go of preference And, you know, preference probably looks a little different for each of us, but it's largely related to what makes us comfortable. And I'm going to share a little bit of my story with this. For me, something I've had to let go of in the last season of my life in relation to preference and comfort is the fear of what people think. Who can relate to that? I love this story because the people built in spite of the fear of man around them. And there's so many stories like this in the Bible, Moses, Gideon, Joshua, Caleb, Deborah, Esther, Paul, so on, so on. They didn't allow the fear or the opinions of others around them to hold them back. And sometimes I feel completely scared and out of my comfort zone and very aware of people looking on with their opinions, but I've decided, and it is often a wrestle, it's still a wrestle, based on the conviction of my faith and the purpose of God within my heart to not let it define me. I prefer everyone to be happy. That's my preference and think fondly of me. 
but who knows that's not going to happen. So I've done some growing up, still growing up, but uh, I think I've yeah, definitely done some growing up in this area. My life purpose isn't to make everyone happy and live in fear of what others think. My life purpose is to love God, my family, to build people, build his church and see the kingdom of heaven advance in our world, our community and, and beyond. And if I had have held on to my preference, it would have paralyzed me. I would have been restricted in my ability to actually do what God had called me to do. And I guess we all battle with fear of man, but for Josh and I as leaders of a church, it does require us to challenge people and to call people into greater growth. And everyone won't always like what you say. So if I had been fearful of what people would say, that would have restricted my ability to actually build people. So that's why it's been especially key for me, but for you it might look different. Preference unlocks a paralysis in faith. Purpose will unlock passion. It will fuel your faith. That might be on the screen now. Another example of how I've learned to let go of preference when praying about whether this role was right for Josh and I, um, my preference would have been not to have the immense responsibility of leading so many wonderful people uh, and hearing from God on behalf of you all and the pressure of having to deliver what we felt God was saying in a way that made sense and actually equipped you all to grow. Not to mention the pressure and the responsibility of covering a community, covering a whole group of people. There's a real spiritual weight that comes with that. It's daunting. So at this point, I could have held on to my preference. I prefer not to have that responsibility. That's probably going to be a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit weighty at times. Um, or I could have chosen to let go of my preference and grab onto what I knew God was calling us to do. I don't feel equipped. I prefer not to have such responsibility. Um, but I'm going to let go of that and hold on to what I know God is calling me to. And as I relinquished preference and control and grabbed a hold of purpose, God has called me to this. He will make a way where we feel weak. Passion and faith for the journey was unleashed. And I do think if I had have held on to my preference, our faith would have been paralyzed and we would have been restricted in our ability to even step into the fullness of God's purpose for us. And oh my gosh, despite my lack of faith, God has been so faithful and so like just amazing and how he's poured out blessing on Josh and I and how he has graced us and enabled us even when we feel stretched. He's just poured out more over and above what we could ever dream or imagine. I know it's going to be the same for Tom and Amy and for others as you step out in your different things, God will provide. Now I understand this is my journey and most of you aren't called to do the same thing I am. We're all called to different things, which I think that's awesome. I love that we're all called to different things, but the principle remains the same. When we feel God is calling us to do something, we can choose to hold on to preference and it will slowly but surely paralyze your faith. Or you can let go of preference, step out of your comfort zone and grab on to the purpose of God and watch as God makes a way for your heart to come alive and provides miraculously as you embrace the stretch. And yes, people probably won't understand why you, why you, why you were doing that. Why would you go to New Zealand to go to Bible college for a year? James Baccarini, who I think is out cooking the barbecue. Why would you move your family halfway across the straight, halfway across the state to plant a church or build a church in Wagga? Why would you build a business with a goal to finance the kingdom? As a mum, why would you work in the Department of Family and Community Services, sewing into kids who don't have, I guess, people who are helping them out when you've got your own family to serve? On a Sunday, why would you come in and sing on the worship team and sweep floors and serve tea and coffee? Why would you give up your time each and every week? It doesn't make sense, but living according to the purpose of God rarely makes sense.
But you know what? When you're living according to the purpose of God, it may not make sense, but it sure makes you feel alive. I, know I may not always feel comfortable. In fact, I think I never feel comfortable doing what we are doing as leaders. And most of the time we're doing it tired and doing it scared. And it's probably the same in my role as a mum. I know I'm called to be mum, but that's hard work. But as many of you can relate to, I feel alive. And I have a sense of contentment deep within me that this is what I'm created for. This is what I am called to. And I've decided I'm not living according to my preference, but I'm living for the cause of Christ and his kingdom of love, light and hope advancing on this earth. And as long as I'm living according to that purpose, it fuels me with passion that keeps me on course despite the obstacles and the battles that may arise, even though it may not be comfortable. And, and don't get me wrong. I said before it's a wrestle with the fear of man and continually overcoming that. And um, it's something I have to continually choose in terms of the purpose of God too. God has called us to this. I'm not going to go with my preference. And sometimes I get bad attitudes and fear and doubt creep in and I just have to have a heart check. But whenever we feel inadequate and weak, call out to God and he stirs my faith and he equips us when we feel weak. So just repeating that, we're moving with purpose. Passion is unlocked as is faith. And you know what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, Hebrews 11.1. 1. So just pausing there, faith is substance and evidence. To bring faith to the table, it means bringing substance and evidence. That's something. It's not nothing. Preference says, uh, I'd rather not bring anything to the table. It's too risky, not now at least. Maybe when I'm older, maybe when I've finished uni, Maybe when I'm married, maybe when I have money, maybe when I have more time, I'm not ready to pay the price. I'm not ready to bring anything to the table. It doesn't suit me right now. And you know, being married and studying and growing up and all those things are good. But when it's all about using that as an excuse not to work, in, walk in the purpose of God, they become preference that paralyze our faith. And you know, people can talk about passion too, but they're really talking about their preference. I'm passionate about sport, bringing God into the sporting sphere. I'm passionate about finishing my degree at uni so I can help people in a certain profession. I'm passionate about leading a church. All good things. But is that God's purpose for you or is that just your preference? Now, don't get me wrong because people are called to bring God into the sporting sphere and people are called to go to uni and get trained and go into a profession and help people and people are called to lead churches. But the key thing is, what is it God has called you to? It may not be your preference and only God can show you that. What you feel you'd like to do with your life and what God has planned can be two different things. I love this tweet from Phil Pringle who leads the C3 movement. Um, what are you good at? Not what do you think you're good at or what would you like to be good at, <laughs> but what actually works in your world, this is God's gift to you. Accept it, nourish it, develop it, maximize it and do it. I love that. What you're good at might not, what you're meant to be good at might not be what you think you're good at. Discover what it is and accept it, nourish it, develop it, maximize it, do it. And as I said earlier, we all have something different to add and different is a strength not a weakness, it's not a threat. We don't need to be jealous if someone else is doing something different than us. We've got to find our grace zone and learn to flourish in that. What is your gift to the world? Find that and, um, yeah, flourish in it. And as I said, when you find that, you feel alive and the kingdom of heaven will advance through you with great power. It's a beautiful thing. So homework this week, my message isn't going to be hugely long. I've only got a little bit more to go. Last time, homework was, God, is there any baggage I'm carrying with me that I need to let go of to enter into the new year? 
Today's homework is prayerfully go home and seek God. God, what is it that you want for my life? What is your purpose for me? Have I been operating according to my preference or according to your will for my life? Perhaps you might need to repent of holding on to preference, let go of it and grab a hold of purpose. Because like I said, it makes it easier to let go when you know what you're grabbing a hold of and vice versa. It's hard to grab something new when you're clinging to the old. Let the preference go. What is God calling you to that requires you to bring your faith, some substance to the table? Whatever that is, grab a hold of it. May God stir your passion and make you feel alive and resource what he's calling you to. Uh, So I don't know who of you might have been here a few weeks ago when Dad, um, a.k.a. Mike Ewan, our network leader, was here, but he spoke about it's biblical that we don't actually have to give God everything, just our best and our first. And he said the greatest challenge that modern-day church faces in this day and age is the temptation for people to give God their leftovers. Everyone's so busy pursuing their own dreams and ambitions that often they'll just give God what's left rather than the best. And who knows that you know God can give you dreams in your heart, but sometimes um, if we're holding on to preference, what we think is the God dream is actually our dream. But the antidote to being tempted to give God our leftovers and pursue everything else first, our own dreams, etc., is to discover the purpose of God. When you discover the purpose of God for your life, you want to give God your best because you understand the enormity of what God is doing in you, through you, around you, and you understand what's at stake. Because if we don't grab a hold, if no one grabs a hold of the purpose of God, the kingdom of heaven is not going to advance and the kingdom of darkness is going to just prevail and there's going to be no light, love, hope, truth penetrating the earth at this time. And that, I guess, was largely what my message was about last time. So I might get the band up. We might sing Prince of Peace, if that's right. So in closing, perhaps for some, preference and apathy has lulled us into a false sense of comfort and security. I feel God is wanting to actually break that this morning, to wake some people up. He's whispering to your heart, do you remember what you were created for? So much more than this. Let him stir your heart. And you know, I think there's different reasons why people walk away from the purpose of God. Perhaps you've forgotten your purpose. Perhaps you've never known Perhaps you've tried something and failed and you're scared to to step out again because it was embarrassing and it was painful. God's ministering to that pain and disappointment. He's stirring His purpose and His hope in your heart once more. Or perhaps you know your purpose, but you're running from it. I think this is a common one. I think for some, it's a constant wrestle to try and resist the call and the purpose of God. It must be hard work to constantly resist God. Like I reckon it must be harder than actually just embracing the purpose of God. But I know for me, as I've said, and I've seen it to be true for others, you can try to run from the purpose of God and fill that God-shaped void with other things, but you won't feel deeply content until you discover and embrace the purpose of God for your life. Who knows, Jonah tried to run from God. He couldn't escape God. Has anyone seen this movie called Unbreakable? Uh, It's got Bruce Willis, a.k.a. Ron Rutter in it. Yeah, it's an old one. He reminds me so... Does anyone else think he looks like Ron? Um, but this is this man, everyday man, he's a security guard and he's actually got superhero powers but he doesn't know it and he's just really not happy in his life. He's not content. He wakes up every morning 
with a deep sadness in his heart. And then he begins to discover that he actually has superhero powers. He's created for more than what he realised. And at first, he resists that. He doesn't want to have superhero powers. He doesn't want to help anyone in the world. So the sadness remains. But he actually, in the end, decides to embrace, I guess, what he's made for. Embrace that he's got these powers and actually goes out and saves people and saves the world. And, and when he does that, the first morning after he does that, he wakes up and he says, for the first time in my life, I feel happy deep within me. It's a, it's a movie. But I think it's a profound picture that, you know, with the call of God, we are created for often so much more than what we realise. And we can discover that, but we can still run from it like Bruce Willis did. And then we can still be deeply sad within us because we know what we're created for, but we're resisting it. As soon as we stop resisting the call and the purpose of God, it fills you with a deep peace and contentment and a joy that nothing on this earth could ever compare to. So I want to ask you this morning, how do you feel deep within your heart? Is there a peace, a contentment that you're doing what you're created for? Or is there a deep sadness that you don't know what you're created for or you do know what you're created for but you're running from it? Just think about that for a moment. And if you're running, what are you running from? Maybe for some it's the pain and the cost. Do you know what passion means? It means to feel the pain, to pay the price. And when you walk in purpose, as I said earlier, it unlocks passion. Maybe when you stepped into God's purpose and passion was unlocked in your heart, you'd realise you'd have to lay down some things and pay a price. That's what passion is, paying a price. And that can be painful. Whereas when we operate out of preference, we stick to comfort, we avoid pain and we're living in apathy. Apathy means without pain. Maybe apathy was the easier option. I feel there's some here that have laid down their passion for the cause of Christ because the pain was too much, the cost was too great. And I believe right now in this moment, God is awakening hearts. I might just get us to stand because I'm just going to kind of just speak some final things out. This morning especially, I feel there's some warriors here, especially young warriors that have forgotten how to fight. And I want to say to you, not only is God reminding you of who you are made to be, but He's gracing you and He's training your hands for war and your fingers for battle. And the things that have overcome you in the past, you're now going to overcome in this next season. I just want to encourage you, don't focus on the cost. God always enables and equips us for the journey. There will be a grace for the sacrifice and a strength for the battle. Josh and I have always found this to be true. Yes, there is a stretch. Yes, there is a cost. But for every sacrifice, there is a blessing. And for every battle, there is a grace. And for every stretch, there is a strengthening. The reward is far greater than anything you could imagine. And as you step out, you'll be blown away with how God carries you and how He strengthens you when you feel weak. And as I said before, friends, there is no comparison for actually feeling alive again as you step into God's purpose and the grace zone for your life. So in the moment, in this moment as we sing, I feel God is awakening hearts. Let Him stir you. May He speak to you and actually remind you of what you're created for. It's time to let go of the old and grab onto the new. Grab a hold of purpose and let go of the preference and just you see what God does in and around you. Your world and the world around you will never be the same. Thank you, church. Thank you, team.